There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. everyone and welcome to episode 76 of sci-fi talk on the fangirl zone a podcast where we discuss shows on the sci-fi channel i'm sean fangirl s and i'm steve and tonight we'll be discussing episodes six through ten of season three of the 12 monkeys Woo! and we have a special guest today we have <laughs> mr interdimensional dave yay yay it's great to be here it's so good to be with you two again and everyone <laughs> out there i know it's been a while since we've done some podcasts with you I know, yes, my, my, my tinfoil hat's getting rusty. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand you have like a serious theory you're going to be throwing down later on. Oh, it's a work in progress. Well, before we do that, then Steve always manages to scrape up some news for us. So Steve, <laughs> go ahead with the news. All right. This is from Deadline uh, again. Brandon Scott from Gorilla and Teen Wolf's Holland Roden are set as series leads for the third installment of sci-fi anthology series Channel Zero. There's no official title or logline yet for the third season, which is scheduled to premiere in 2018. In the third installment, Scott will play Officer Luke Bansick, a young but already jaded cop living in the shadow of his father, the chief of police. Luke's world-weary exterior hides a fierce commitment to justice and a deep love for his troubled community. Roden will play Zoe Woods, Alice's older sister, a sharp, tough young woman who struggles with mental illness, have worn her down over the years. She hates that her younger sister has to take care of her, and she'd give anything to go back to the way things used to be. Okay. Interesting. This is crazy, the fact that they've already talked about Series 3, and we haven't even gotten the second one yet. Right. And the second yeah, one course. sounds crazy, so it's like, ah! <laughs> And uh, showrunner Nick Costas had tweeted that this week that filming is beginning. Oh, my gosh. He is so great Would we we get to do the roundtables when somebody's able to sit in on them. And right. so just the fact that he's, like, so on top of this. He's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're working on season two. And it's like, oh, and now we're filming season three. It's, it's crazy because so many of the networks are like, oh, well, we'll see if you even get a full season. And we're, like, way past that since we're already working on season three. So I think that's just incredible, and I love sci-fi for doing this. Yes. Dave, did you watch any of Candle Cove? No. Oh. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not in love with sci-fi either. Oh, no. <laughs> kind of mad at him. Oh. <laughs> I'm old school. I've got my smoking jacket on. i got my little hat <laughs> thing hanging down the side there. My All pipe. right. It's Isn't that a got to be the new the new logo that they're going to be premiering here soon, right? No, I don't like I don't like that either. No. <laughs> okay, it must be something worse then. I, I wasn't a I wasn't a big fan of doing twelve monkeys over a three day period. I, I told you I'm old school. I, I like it week right. after week. The whole community builds up, talk, chatter, predictions, blogging. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah, Steve and I talked about over. that. What's that? Steve and I had talked about that because I'm like, Ugh, yeah. you know, because we couldn't binge watch it because of the way we work. 
Me neither. And so I, I know it's kind of rough, and but we'll kind of see how it's working because Steve actually has all of the ratings. So we discussed some of it last time, so we can mm-hmm. we can talk about it and see how it did in regards to having the binge, or if it was would have been better maybe over X amount of weeks. Right, because episode six had a 0.07 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.315 million viewers, which brought it in at 134th rated cable show for the day. Episode seven also had that 0.07 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.313 million viewers, which was 137th. Episode eight, the last show of the evening, was a 0.08, no, that was the first one on Sunday, I'm sorry, in adults 18 to 49 with 0.278 million viewers and was a 143rd rated cable show. And get this, the two final episodes, episode 9 and 10, both were outside the top 150 cable shows. Now, I did find out that episode 9 had 0.232 million viewers and the finale went up slightly with 0.246 million viewers. That's crazy. After that initial uh, evening, the first two hours were great with almost three quarters of a million viewers down to almost a quarter of a million viewers for Saturday and Sundays. Yeah, that's just crazy. But, you know, we had talked. We didn't know how the binging thing would work. Right. I don't know. I think it works differently. And, you know, you guys tell me what you think when it's on, like, Netflix or something because you get the entire season at one time instead of it being like a set time that this is going to be like okay you have to be here to watch it between 7 and 10 or you know do you think that made a difference made a difference with me (laughs) 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 my interest got outside the top 150 cable shows right (laughs) no I know why they did it there was a reason why they did it so they could get it to Hulu as quickly as possible and make the money in return that's up to them you know, if that's what they wanted to do, wanted to do, but I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't keep up with them. You know, I measure time using a timepiece that has sand running from one end to another. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I live in the past. Sorry. That's what they wanted to do. Do you have I, a I sundial too? Were... What's going on? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't work at night. Yeah. <laughs> so frustrating. Oh, All right. Well, the live plus seven days did improve some. Uh, episode three tied for second in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain going from a 0.1 to a 0.3 for an increase of 200 percent and was 10th in viewers percentage gain going from 0.374 to 0.786 million viewers for an increase of 110 percent. Episode four was ninth in viewers percentage gain going from 0.324 to 0.687 million viewers for an increase of 112 percent. The finale, episode 10, tied for 14th in viewers' percentage gain, going from 0. 0.246, 0.492 million viewers for an increase of 100%. Episode 9 was 18th in viewers' percentage gain, going from 0. 0.232, 0. 0.455 million viewers for an increase of 96%. Episode 2, tied for 22nd in viewers' percentage gain, going from 0. 0.399 to 0. 7 for 3 million viewers for an increase of 86%, and Episode 5 tied for 25th, going from 0.397 to 0.714 for an increase of 80%, and Episode 7 also tied for 25th, 
going from 0.313 to 0.563 for that increase of 80%. So like we had said last time, the uh, the Live Plus 7 day, I think, did make a difference because so many people couldn't just sit there and watch like four-hour spans at a time. I was really exactly. surprised, though, that the finale had such, I don't know, so few viewers originally, I guess. I right, mean, well, few, but if you well, didn't see the, if you missed any of the previous episodes, you didn't want to watch the, right. the finale. That's true. And my DVR crapped out Friday night. That was so fun. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> no. I did catch up on the first five using uh, Video On Demand, and they would have shows come off and on uh, Video On Demand. I was looking for five. It wasn't there, but six was there. Then the next night, six was gone, but five was back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they, they just weren't. I know. It was so frustrating. I just wanted to put on my time vest and watch it the way I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. See, I thought that they were doing it this way because uh, to, to A, see how it would do because of all these other binge-watching kind of moments, and B, because they have so many shows that are about to start back that they yep. were like, let's do this all at once. It's great, well, except it, for people it, it like us. Out, I forgot who it was as a writer. He, he did a piece. It was been on the old 12 Monkeys uh, Facebook sites, and he did the article about getting it to Hulu as quickly as possible so they could cash in. Hmm. Well, You know how tough it is not to watch uh, anything on Facebook? Oh, I know. <laughs> I had to catch up on Tell Monkeys. And I had to, <laughs> one day I freaked out because I thought I saw a spoiler and people had to talk me off the ledge. <laughs> well, it's the same with any show. It's like, all right, if, if you can't watch it live. That happened with me, and that honestly is what turned me off of um, The Last Ship because it was on right. as the finale of another show of mine. So I'm like, okay, I'll watch it on the replay, which is in an hour, whatever. Not a big deal, right? And I'm live tweeting the finale of the show, and because I'm a fan of last ship theirs came up and their first tweet was about the <laughs> character who died i'm like nice. what the oh. hell why oh, are you no. you're doing this right away <laughs> i was so ticked and so i'm like i didn't even watch that season uh, it's like now i'm in protest and now i i don't think i can ever watch it because now i have to be that stubborn ass and dig in my heels yeah. i stopped watching it when they uh the doctor died when she was murdered in that hotel End of season two, I guess it was. Well, yeah. yeah so it was yeah. beginning of season three because you didn't for sure know. I mean, we assumed. Yeah. But right. that being the official Twitter site for yeah. the show, their first tweet is about her. Yes, being dead now. I'm like, what the hell? You haven't. You just spoiled it for your West Coast people. That's kind of stupid. So I was mad. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like I said, I'm stubborn. So there's that. All right. I'll send you a clock on Amazon that measures time through sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just adjust my sundial. It's fine. It works like for <laughs> eight hours a day, whatever. All right, let's jump <laughs> into this one. And uh, Dave, do you want to share your theory now or is it later? My theory can, uh, consists of The Witness and, <laughs> I don't know, everyone wants to watch it by now. Don't listen to this podcast if you don't know the end. Right. <laughs> yeah, Spoiler the alert. last ten episodes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward to the end of the podcast right now. Don't listen to the rest. Catch up right now. I had to. I finished yeah. Thursday night. Oh, jeez. It's a working theory. The Witness. I'm going to have to backtrack. I have a lot of Witness pictures. And I was always intrigued how The Witness always had tubes and gauges and wires and stuff. And I suppose that's a callback to a certain gas mask episode. But right. There, there's plenty of uh, Witness ones without gas masks. It's just a straight up, uh, you know, mask. And so, like... 
did we, are we looking at a certain witness and are we a certain look at somebody else perhaps portraying the witness? How do you d- discern the difference between the two? Oh. That's what I have to do is track back and see who's using breathed equipment and who, who isn't. Figure out those minute differences between the two. Right. It's going to be work, team. Yeah, because I don't. I feel like they've done a really good job of not just throwing something something out there that they don't go back to. Although yeah. I, it's not quite to the Stephen Moffat level where it's like, all right, let's wait for five years before this pays off. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's a couple things that it's like they said, and, and no, I'm not going to be able to pinpoint, but like the beginning of one season and you don't get it till like almost the end of the next season. But everything's paid off, so maybe that is something that we'll find out more about the next season. But, yeah, maybe. But now I'm going to have to rewatch and be like, okay, wait, let's write this down. What timeline does this say it's in? And great, right? Because, well, and because the simple fact was when Malik took Cassie into the witness's room, the mask that we see is not the mask that we've seen in the past. Right. It's a different mask now. Now, in this five episodes, we find out the history of that, but we still haven't seen the one that we've seen all along yet. Yeah, the Plague Doctor's mask. Right. Yes, because this was a little different. Because at first, I was thinking that maybe I, you know, was remembering it wrong, like it looked different. But I remember very clearly, I'm like, oh, that's a Plague Doctor's mask because it had the longer nose area where they could put, like, flowers so they didn't smell death, basically. Hmm, right. And yeah, this mask looked totally different. Yeah, it was just, uh, what's the word? Is well, just a mask for show, like you wear to a, like, say, a ball. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A dance. A stage for the mask. opera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just for show. Huh. Okay. Well, that's going to be interesting then how they're going to end up playing that out. Because obviously they're going to have to, well, okay, I say obviously, but they are going to have to, don't you think, tell us that next season? Yeah, well, there, you know, there's one episode from last season where the witness is standing in the shadows in the hotel room, and Cassie's the only one in the room, except for the witness. And he's just standing there. We're all wondering how he got there. Probably was a time vest thing, but it was just a regular ornamental mask. Now, if that was somebody else, perhaps being the witness, wouldn't that person be at someone's throat right then and there? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Why do you guys make me think so hard? (laughs) (laughs) This is what they do. When you put these two together, it's kind of scary. Hopefully they reconcile that. I hope there is points where you can pick out old recipe witness versus new recipe witness. <laughs> <laughs> the original and extra crispy. Gotcha. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump into episode six, Nature. In 1953, Cole and Riley reunite with Agent Gale. Yay! At the birth of the Army mm-hmm. of the Twelve Monkeys, special guest star Christopher Lloyd appears as the father of an iconic enemy. Now, finally, Steve and I get, you know, the little bit of pay payoff that we talked about. Like, okay, how the hell did Agent Gale know them for so long? Right. So he's back and we get that. So that makes me happy. But at the same time, I kind of felt like Cassie was screwing things up. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I'm like, What's the mother to do? Uh, I'm like, shut up, Cassie. Uh, I was getting angry. I can't help it. Because obviously, you know... Cassie and Cole are together trying to find the witness because he didn't kill him and Cassie couldn't kill herself. (laughs) So they think they can save him. And I mean, I understand both of them thinking that. But at the same time, when they travel back and they see all this 
weird stuff happening at the beginning of the 12 Monkeys. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they believe that they can save him and they're going to still look for him. It must be your instincts <laughs> cutting in as a mother, I guess. I don't think Cole was totally on board with it all. He always looked askance at her. But uh, Cassie's great. She, uh, Amanda Scholl's great at being her. And she always gives those baleful looks like, come on, do this. <laughs> How are you supposed to resist that? And Yeah, absolutely. I'd say they, they end up getting one of the splinter jackets, which, of course, helps them. But the question I have for you guys, we, we see the mini witness. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. call him mini witness here. Very Doctor Who-ish. Small W. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because Jason walked in. He's like, are you my mummy? I'm like, shut up, Jason. He's <laughs> <laughs> seen like four episodes and that's what he, he picks up on. But like they see this happen. And why was nobody able to get out of the tent? I mean, it, I mean, I understand them barring the door. Heavy canvas. Did nobody, like, try to go under? I mean, it's not solid. I didn't get that. Well, uh, Agent Gale had a tough time cutting through with it with his knife. I thought he was going to make a hole. Some people were going to try and get out. Right. He could, barely, he could barely cut through that canvas. No, that's true. I mean, there, there was a major disaster. It was, wasn't it a coal mine? Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. And people are in a panic, too. Right. And, and all of a sudden, we get, you know, El Creeper. Coming up to the people who are families of the deceased and trying to recruit them. And he's like, here, you should take this and come to our meeting. And Cassie ends up posing as one of the widows to get into the meeting. But we also see super creepy little kid who turns <laughs> out to be the pallid man. And I'm like, ah, this <laughs> he was just as creepy as a kid. Yeah. Wow. I'm thinking, can we stop him now? Would that be a paradox? Because, oh, I always wondered about that. Why I didn't have some biological connection to each other and didn't get par paradoxes through that? Did you guys wonder about that at all? Like father meeting son, you know, they must share <laughs> atoms, molecules, genetic material. Wouldn't that be a little? Zzz? Yeah. You know what? You think? I, I thought it would happen. I, I thought something like that would happen too. But I mean, I guess if it's not your exact match, actual person, I guess so. That was the only thing I can think of. Still, there should have been some sparks. I thought. Uh, oh well. Or like. A weird feeling? I don't know. Yeah, weird feeling. <laughs> uh, we have Agent Gale, like I said, finally showing up at the Emerson. Because... Now that was just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Something's being he reported. In, he, he, yeah, he's <laughs> he's sure that Cassie and Cole are back. And he goes up to the room and with his co-worker with him, and he busts in, and oh, no, it's not Cassie and Cole. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> glad that wasn't. Yeah. That would have been awkward. Oh, gosh. That, his coworker. Oh, God. I'm like, definite facepalm. Because <laughs> when he's like, uh, can you maybe keep this under wraps? He's like, no, no. Oh, not on your life. <laughs> like, this is going to give me, like, mileage for years. <laughs> Army, come on. I, I felt horrible for him. Just because that had to be so embarrassing. I mean, just... Busting in on that, even if that wasn't like, I'm sure this is the 12 Monkeys. Having to bust in on that as a police officer in any form. How do you not just go, oh, oh I have to bleach my eyeballs now. Yeah. <laughs> Lewd and lascivious, you're under arrest. <laughs> That's why we're here, right? Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> That's rough. That's rough. 
So what did you feel about Christopher Lloyd's character, though? Suitably creepy. <laughs> He's always been... We know where Pallid Man got it from, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, that's true. he was definitely mm, right up there. Including his attire. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely looked like a caretaker. Oh, yeah. Mm. Where do their eyebrows go when they hit a certain age? It's, yeah. all, it's creepy. <laughs> now, do you think we're going to see him next season? Because we didn't really get a lot of him this season. No, just this episode. Yeah, I didn't say it. And I can just about count on it. Yeah. Our showrunner has um, let the cat out of the bag. Oh, has he? Oh, easy. Yes. <laughs> See, I feel like I cannot watch anything or read anything about next season because I don't want to spoil myself. Like, right. anything I feel like would be a spoiler. Right. And you know what River Song says. But... Yeah. I don't know, because at the same time, I want to know what's going to happen. I watched the trailer for season four, and there was something in it, and they're like, oh, blankety blank is the witness. And then I dismissed my own thought. But of course, <laughs> turned out to be true. I'm like, oh, I was right. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> teasers. <laughs> Didn't ruin it, because when we get there, it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I get so worried with, with some of the teaser trailers. Like, It's too much. Or I'll extrapolate too much, and then it's like, crap, I was right. Yeah, it's hard to stop your mind from racing. What else can you do? You're into the show, so once you see something, there you go. You go right down the highway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to be this. This is going right. to be that. Uh, that's never good, though. Uh, let's talk a minute about Ethan. Now, did you guys realize that she was saying Ethan? I thought she said Ethan with an E no. when she first said it. I watch it with subtitles, and I'm like, who's Ethan? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's an Ethan? Is that some type of pill they just invented? <laughs> well, now, did you guys always think that he was primary? Because I didn't think he was primary. I thought he just knew what was happening because they were moving him around through time. I didn't think so, but I think it's a great idea. Yeah, that was great reveal at that early age to show that he is actually a primary. And I think he having... He... Oh, go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, if he adopted a turtle, it would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, that would have been weird. There's a paradox. <laughs> turtles are so cool. <laughs> I like turtles. The fact that he was so young and had a handle on everything, I thought was kind of surprising. Because what we've learned from them so far from Jennifer was that she didn't really get a whole lot when she was little. So, again, do you think that's because his protectors were with him and, like, teaching him and guiding him through it. Uh, you mean Sebastian and the rest of the Guardians, yeah. those guys? Yeah. yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. He could be exceptional. Well, he certainly seems exceptional. Anyway, no, no offense, Jennifer. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I don't think they really knew how to deal with him being primary hmm. as much, because they hadn't dealt with the primary. Yeah. Usually end up in the uh, added room. Right. Like Jennifer. Right. Yeah. Who manages to talk her way into a quick trip back for her uncle's ashes. I say that in a, you know, air quote, because it turns <laughs> out that in her words, it, she brought back a paradox. Now, she had a bunch of drawings that she'd been doing and dream sequences, as, as we know. But did she know that she had to go back for her turtle, her baby turtle? That's what I was thinking. So that was something Thank that she you. learned. Either insight or intuition, you pick. Right. Has to be one of the two. Mm. <laughs> yeah, or the combination of the both. Right. And it was great. That's great storytelling, too, though, to see something come around eventually. They did a lot of that in this yes, episode. Yes, they did. Tying everything together. 
I don't know how they do it. Somebody it's has great. really it's good great. notes. Really good notes. Oh, yeah. Speaking of notes, I left all my notes for this podcast at work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm going through all my pockets. Nope, nope, nope. So you're going to go go to work and be like, dang, I forgot to bring that up. I do that all the yeah. time. All right. My time jacket. Time jackets at work, though. Nice. Guess you're not popping back now, and forth. Speaking of paradoxes, what do we think about Cassie blurting out that Agent oh. Gale was going to die in 62? That's what made me mad, because I'm like, shut up, Cassie. But at the same time, does that make him bolder with everything that he's going to try, because he knows he's not going to die? Until then? Mm-hmm. Is he going to die then? Now he knows he's going to go there. Why would he go there now? Except he's a dedicated young man, of course, but... And wants to help Cassie and Cole. Yeah. And he goes there despite knowing... Yeah, because he's going to die. Hmm. So, what do you think would have happened, though, had he killed... Because he had his gun on Christopher Lloyd and his wife, whose name escapes me. Scotty Thompson. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Had he killed her, since we've seen her in the future go to the past, and okay, now timey-wimey, do you think yeah. that would have stopped anything? <laughs> well, if, you have, if you're wearing a time jacket, you can go back and fix it. That's what uh, Ramsey said, don't fix this, because you can. If you right. wanted to, I would imagine they would fix it. Okay. It would change things, though. It would have to. I don't know. When you start fixing things, shouldn't that change things, too? Yeah, it should. And then you get into crazy, like, you can't keep track of anything world. Yeah. Right. So difficult. All right. Steve, why don't us in Episode 7? All right. Episode 7, Nurture. Cole and Rayleigh find themselves at opposite ends of an unspeakable decision. Jones grows suspicious while Rayleigh turns to an emotional ally for advice. All hell breaks loose during a massive firefight. Oh. That was that was a great firefight, by the way, the shootout. Going oh, yes. Room to room. Oh, boy, pretty exciting. These episodes, like, from here on, because we weren't building, like, trying to tie anything up. It was just building on everything and leading to the big finale. So mm. I was really loving how they were doing it all. But, again, we have Ethan, who starts drawing like <laughs> Jennifer. Because he doesn't understand everything, but especially constantly drawing Cole with a gun, like pointing at him. From a certain perspective, too. So don't you think he might have mentioned that at some point since we have, what was his name? You said Sebastian? Yeah. Like taking him. He's like, oh, this is great. And he like keeps squirreling away that in a locked drawer. But don't you think that Ethan might have said something at some point? Like, I keep seeing this one image, and Sebastian doesn't think it's a big deal. Because he didn't when tell... When you're primary, people don't exactly listen to you all the time. Maybe that was it. Okay. Plus, and Magdalena her... was not one for anything that wasn't strictly witness-oriented. Shame on her. She was Shame. so annoying. <laughs> She's tough. Oh, she was tough-looking. <laughs> when she got mad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I... She was I think working I back on the couch when I when she growled. <laughs> <laughs> she was working my nerves though because yeah, you know she's like, all right, well, you know what? I can kill you. I can kill everybody, and then go back in time, and you won't even know. It's like what the hell? It's just kind of like well, that's all she did in the whole back half of the series was go back in time, tell her past self that this is going to happen, and then just self destruct. Uh, so cheating. So- <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that's why she just had this weird creepiness because she knows that she keeps dying and 
basically coming back in different forms because she keeps going back in time and changing it. Right. Uh, I don't like her. I'm not meant to like her. I know that. So we, maybe we should take her example as to what the witness does in the future to change things like Magdalena does. We'll have to look for that in season four. Yes, I think we'll see it. And of course, we see it in episode one when future asshole visits present asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he didn't toast himself, though. <laughs> no, no, no. And he didn't give away much either, but he did <laughs> kind of redirect uh, present yeah. asshole. Yeah, that was a friendly <laughs> way of doing it. Well, I mean, they kind of had to do it that way because he had to get him on the right track. But yeah, it's kind of weird because meeting meeting yourself but not destroying yourself. Okay, now I'm going to make my head hurt. Hold on. Like, how is that not going to cause a big problem at some point? Because isn't there going to be two of you? Like, anybody help me out with this? You're like, no, Sean, you don't make any sense. So, <laughs> Well, no, and future Cole actually says that about... What are the odds of us not running into each other on the subway for years? Yeah. That's why it just seems so weird. Didn't he try to touch him and like back away from it too? Okay. Right, yes. Yeah, he goes, yeah, this helps, but let's <laughs> when not he saw push the it. Watch, yeah, when yeah, Cole right. saw the watch, he grabbed, tried to grab his hand and yeah. that's when future Cole ah. pulled away and said, ah, it's not a hundred percent foolproof. <laughs> yeah, as much right. as you were grabbing him and, and, Everything else, yeah, I think yeah, I think we're pretty well. <laughs> Jeez. All right, let's talk about Jonesy. Jonesy. I love that she's figured grandma, out grandma time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's figured out an EMP can stop the vests from working, and they couldn't reset. But if any one of them survives until the EMP wears off, then they can still reset. So it's like it's a great theory if you have enough people to go in and basically storm the castle, which. They had to get the perfect information for this to work. So Cole and Jennifer had to retrieve the EMP from the past, which, in fact, they had to go back to 1953. And Jennifer looking really strange in, like, that, like, oh, 50s get up. She was a little lopsided. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I was looking at her hair, which was weird because she doesn't have bangs. And so having that huge curl to make a bang, I'm like, that's a lot of hair. <laughs> That's what I noticed, but yeah, super bullet bras, yeah. That <laughs> I know. Hey, let's go make out because magnets are my thing. It's like, oh god, really? Oh, she's so funny. And somehow the scientist is like, cool. All right, let's do this. I can get fired, but uh, what? What the heck? Since women don't talk to girl, right? Stereotype girl, right? Super stereotype, but I guess back in the fifties. Nerd wasn't cool, and unlike now. Yes. <laughs> Jones, let's let's talk a little bit more about Jones not trusting Cole, and how did Cole not notice what was happening? Because I mean, the suspicion surrounding them. Not just that, but with Jones traveling back to 2007 and being there at the moment of the Cole and Ramsey showdown, like I wasn't a fan of that. I was a little confused because what. Because she was looked like she was really close to them. Yeah, so how did Cole not see her? Well, he was distracted. But oh. I don't know, maybe the the writing wasn't 100% there. But, well, it's part of the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have a time machine or a time yeah. machine, you can go anywhere you want. 
But uh, to her to come in that moment, like, oh, okay, that's convenient. And, well, then she finds out the harsh truth, and, well, she was pretty pissed. And, I mean, we kind of knew she was going to be, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but trying to hold Cassie at gunpoint, I mean, where did she think that was going? I don't know. She's killed a lot of people in her time. She has <laughs> blood in her hands. I don't think it would matter that much to her anymore. I keep forgetting how cold-blooded is. How cold-blooded she is, despite how much I love her. <laughs> right. But it kind of sucks, because... The reason that her daughter was there was because of Cassie and Cole. Right. So They saved her. Right. So yeah. I just feel like she should have given them a little bit more benefit of the doubt. She felt betrayed. <laughs> right. Because they didn't tell her. She had to find out on her own. She can't trust them anymore and definitely felt betrayed. Well, you don't trust the Godfather. <laughs> well, I mean, Cassie manages to get out because there was the... the Splinter vest. So she goes back and she she manages to fight Magdalena. And I love the fact that she hit herself to shock. So she couldn't go back <laughs> because Magdalena was yeah. just getting on my nerves. She was. I don't know. If, ugh. But she also has to shoot Deacon. And Deacon has been kind of a jerk since, like, he saved Cassie. But then as soon as they get back to the group, he's not exactly all for the Scooby gang. Well, she had to shoot him. And now, of course, he's going to be even more pissed. But. Like, he's ready to just kill them all. I think he, well, it's hard to tell from a raised eyebrow, but I think he still has feelings for her. And so he's suspicious, and he doesn't like to look at her and Cole together. And so he's got a, a jaundiced eye as to whatever goes on between those two, and I think it's because he's slightly jealous. Hmm. Steve, what do you think? Well, it's not only that, but the word of the witness, he's not on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what and I, that What just... do I do? Yeah, what? why am I not on here? Aren't I important? Well, see, yeah. I was thinking of it like, okay, you're not front and center, so you're around the, the periphery, and you, you're changing things without them necessarily knowing. Like, you saved Cassie, and, you know, you were there to cause the distraction for them to get the word of the witness. And, like, he's done all this stuff, but just because he's not on the, the like, big sheet, I didn't feel like that meant he wasn't unimportant. I just felt that he wasn't directly wor like interacting with the witness. Is Jones on the on the word of the witness? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But he does say Sorry, something Sorry, to <laughs> Jennifer too because he's not in any of the the pictures that she's seeing. Yeah. Right. Uh, so basically, he's just mad and throwing a tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw some, I saw some talk on the internet about when I was trying to avert my eyes about him shipping. But Jennifer, I'm like, no, really? Come on. I know he's sorry. He, he killed her and he, he did turn it. He had, they did flip the narrative on him. He's been a, he's done a lot of heroic things and he's been Johnny on the spot. But shipping with Jennifer? Yeah, no. I'm going to pass on that. No. Hard pass. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, we had a really nice moment though. Just another Ramsey. Yeah. We had a nice moment with Jennifer and Cole. You know, she's trying to get across him that you don't have to kill your son. And yes, I knew this, and I I hid this so to help you guys. So maybe there's a reason. Maybe you need to work with them. But I mean, she goes there too to to help them when they're going to kill the witness. And again, that's in quote. But Cole doesn't do it, and Jennifer stops and technically saves the person that she thought she was supposed to save, which was Sebastian, because didn't mm. she like distract one of them enough? Or am I, like, remembering this wrong? 
She distracted somebody or shot somebody, so Sebastian yeah, by could her run. shooting Deacon. Thank you. That distracted Cole enough for Sebastian to get out of there with Apen. Okay, I was like, I'm not putting this in words. I know she distracted somebody, and it, so he did. He lived. I'm like, ah. All right. So that kind of brings us again. These all start really running together, in my opinion. I don't know about you guys. Where we go to episode. Yeah, we still got to talk about oh. Cassie uh, going back to 1990. So she. Oh my can, god! Uh, how did I forget that? I thought that was la- <laughs> that's because I'm thinking it's later, honestly, in the season, the season, the episodes. So yeah, I'm sorry. Go go uh, talk. That was a great moment. I didn't even get well, it she, at first. <laughs> right? Yeah, Jones. Um, she tells Jones that she wants to talk to a psychiatrist about the uh, word of the witness. And as it turns out, that psychiatrist happens to be her mother. Yay. Yeah, it took me a while to piece that together. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't even realize she had talked about that at any point previous, that her mom was a psychiatrist. So I just no. thought it was great. Yeah, that, that was something we did not know. All we knew was that Cassie had the opportunity to spend some time with her mom, go to a museum. And refused, and shortly thereafter, her mom died. Yeah, their little moments I thought were really sweet, but almost creepy level too. When she's like, "You, you make her go with you. To, you drag her if you have to." I'm like, okay, if you're, even though you you went through all this and you talked about the fact that no, this is my son. It's not just random person. Blah blah blah. Like, wouldn't you be like, listen, lady, you don't really know me. Maybe you need to relax. Like, I felt like well, it was too much. If you're a psychiatrist, right. you're looking at that like, hold on while I take a note of what you just Thank said. Thank you. Yeah. I'd yeah. Be like, pump the brakes, lady, because... I can prescribe you something for that. <laughs> Here, it's nerves. You're fine. Just take these 20,000 different medications. What's a trope we've seen a lot on TV and movies when you, someone with regrets go back and talks to their friend, lover, or, or parent and say, do this or else. And then you see either the flashback or the flashboard where they actually do it and you're happy at the end of the show. I know, I don't know, it feels really cliche sometimes, but then, yeah, I don't, I kind of think everything in this one, you, you kind of just have to believe it's going to happen because we're going all over, you know, time. So at some point, even if she went back and kind of almost, again, Doctor Who-ish, slipped a note to her younger self, like, you really Mm. need to go check, hang out with your mom this day, something, I think it would have happened either way. Well, isn't that what happened in Back to the Future, too? That, where they, well, you should really go to the dance. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, should right. really talk to her. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, basically every time travel thing, you've had this happen at some point. So, yeah. but like I said, this whole show is about the crazy time travelness and something's gonna, like this is going to happen. So I can't really be like, you shouldn't have done that. But I feel yeah. like the mom should have been a little creeped out. Well, it did answer a mom question, though, that everyone had wondered about. Is We're counting down the mom questions, and there's still, like, a one big one left. Right. Which mom question is that, Dave? Cole's <laughs> mom question? Yeah. yeah. Especially the way the, the series ends, season three. Right. Do you think we're <laughs> going to get that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it. And, of course, as soon as Cassie's nose, st- nose starts to bleed, we know that a minor thing has changed in the time. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. she has the memories. Right. Yeah. With her mom. Ah, so that was nice. Yeah. It was nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to not so nice moments. In episode eight, Mask. 
Friends and enemies converge in Victorian London to await the arrival of the witness. Cole and Rayleigh lead their pursuers on a manhunt through time and space. <laughs> this one, okay, I have to ask because again, they're they're like rolling together. This one was starting out on the train, right? Yes. Okay. I thought that was kind of funny because like as soon as they see, I see the train, I'm like. Oh my god, is this going to be some kind of inspiration for Murder on the Orient Express or something? <laughs> That's where I was going. I was thinking immediately. But the fight scene on here was great because they're splintering. Like, oh yeah, that was so awesome. Cole and Deacon <laughs> fighting, and Cole like splinters like kind of side to side, back and forth, whatever, and beating the crap out of Deacon. And I'm like, that is so mean. This poor man. He was rolling his eyes too. Really. I yeah. felt so bad for Deacon, not because he was getting his butt kicked, but because it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm already having stressful times and I don't think I'm important. And now I'm getting my butt kicked by this guy who is just like popping in and out, like right around yeah. me. So I felt a little bad. Not too, too bad, but, you know, a little bit bad for him. No, no, I uh, couldn't feel too sorry for uh, Deacon or Hannah. <laughs> Hannah looks so different, though. It's so weird because when we see her as, you know, future Hannah, and she always has like the black, <laughs> super raccoon eyes <laughs> happening, the black around her eyes. Yeah. She looks so different yeah. when she went back in time, and she's just kind of dressed in the, um, the clothing. And somebody should have said, hey, girl, you look good. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably did on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was weird. Like, it was two different people. Which, of course, is always yeah. a credit to the actor and the makeup department and costumes. But I would not have recognized her. Why do you think they recognized her right away? Or is it mostly because of Deacon? I, didn't. I guess so. I didn't recognize her right away. I had to figure that out, too. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's that? <laughs> it makes you wonder why she's so comfortable in her gear from the future with the raccoon eyes and the rest. Of I think that's her comfort zone. Maybe because that like kind of hides her identity more. Although, seriously, yeah, the way she's going through time and changing and looking like an everyday person going through time totally hides her identity. Right. Yeah. Like Superman. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, they get away. And there's a new drawing, and they're trying to figure out where to go, blah, blah, blah. Because they're bouncing all over, going back and forth through where they've already been. And they're finally like, okay, we need to find out where we go to get ahead. That's both. Cole and Cassie thinking they're going to be able to catch the witness that way. And, well, Jones, Deacon, and Hannah, because apparently Jennifer hasn't been helping them out so much. And this kind of ticked me off happening because you're thinking at least they can stay a little bit ahead and maybe Cole and Cassie can find the witness and maybe do something, although I still don't think he's going to be able to be turned at this point. Right. But huh. Deacon, again, starts his shit. And they're like, yeah. Here's one job, Hitman. Yeah. <laughs> let's end this yeah. now. And, yeah, let's let's figure out how to do this. Okay. Jennifer's probably lying to us, and he's still mad because he's not in the photos. And he, well, the drawings. Yeah. So, yeah. He's a girlfriend. <laughs> so the fact that they, they switched Jennifer and Olivia, it, it kind of ticked me off. Because, again, I mean, you've got to believe that Olivia does not want to play by the rules. Only her rules. Right. And nobody <laughs> seems to see this except Jennifer. And do you think it's just because they're so super mad at Cole and Cassie not telling them that they found out the witness was their son? Yes, I do. 
<laughs> well, just to think of it, mention the general theme, how they've turned everything. I mean, everyone's changed. Yeah, oh, like everyone's perspective has changed. They flipped their narrative on just about everything on this show. No one's acting like they used to act, and we're not watching it like we used to watch it. Everyone's taking on new roles there. So I know it's part of the brilliance of this season, how much they've uh, subverted expectations. Right. Well, I'm jumping all around this episode, much like they were jumping around time. So let's go <laughs> way back. Well, that was, I just wanted to say yes. that this was my favorite episode of the season. I even put a, a note on uh, Terry Metalis's uh, Facebook page saying, favorite episode ever, loved all the Edgar Allan Poe stuff, the balls, loved it, loved it, loved it. Did I say I loved it? <laughs> 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 so you know what he said? He said, like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just. He, he's and been Terry great. was also the one that was able to talk uh, David off the yes. ledge there with the spoiler. I was, I was freaking out. Well, thank you, Terry Milatis, for that. And maybe we should talk to you next season. Why don't you come on the show with us? Just gonna put that out there, just for the heck of it. Maybe he listens. Who knows? But when they uh, when they did this the season for for season three, they showed a bit of the ball, and so I I went off on my po tangent saying. Well, let's hope uh, the witness is a fan of Edgar Allan Poe, and <laughs> let's hope they have a cask of Amontillado because they need to put him behind a wall with something to drink. <laughs> I have to say kudos to the costuming department because that was great. When they go back, they go to the ball. But we we have to realize that apparently the witness has foreseen this, and it's because of Sebastian that he has foreseen this ball. So we go back a little bit, like what, 1879. He's having his visions and doesn't know what to do. And Sebastian's like, here, just draw, write out what you see, draw what you see. And that's where the word of the witness comes from. And it's crazy with all the lines. And I was still a little bit confused because I felt like the way the lines were all like angled, not angled, like rounded. It was almost more map-like. Yeah. What was he using? He was using, what's that called? Uh, uh, you're the old uh, school instruments people. Come on. Compass. <laughs> yeah, he was using a compass, too. Right. So, and if, if he is exceptional, then he's using tools of a trade, and that's how you map something out, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess that makes sense. But apparently... Oh, yeah. When you take a look at the whole map, it, it looks like a map. Yeah, that's why I was like, are all those lines showing how and when people are intersecting, though? Right. Yeah, it's like a Venn, di- a Venn diagram, isn't right. it? How oh, the things okay. come together. I don't think I ever really looked at it other than like seeing the names, and that's why I was a little bit like, what is he doing? Well, at this point, poor Ethan finds out that he knows now when Sebastian's going to die. And that's got to be hard for knowing the person who you have been around your entire life, who has raised you, who has saved you from X amount of things. You're like, ah, crap, this is going to be the moment that he dies. But I'm not going to tell him. And do you think that's Mm. better or worse? Because then apparently he disappears. So Sebastian's on his own for 20 years. Right. I love that actor, by the way. I have to get his name. Who plays Sebastian? Older older Sebastian. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. Oh, crap. I'm not going to remember. Dang it. What? Oh, his name. What he's been in. Because he's really familiar. Yes, he is. I hate when I do that. And it's like, ah, I should have looked it up. But anyway, let's talk about them all converging on the the ball and how they figured well, we it out. had so much more fun getting there first with Cole and Cassie. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They've been crazy. 
because we got to see Cole teaching Cassie how to be a pickpocket <laughs> and that her becoming funny. very proficient at it. Because she was really, funny. really bad at it at first. At first, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Cole was really bad at dancing at first. Uh, yeah, it was so That's sweet. Right. Uh, FYI, the Sebastian's name is Rupert Graves, and he's been in Sherlock. Oh, That's why. Oh, yes. I'm like, why do I know him? He's from Sherlock. Yes, yes. He's so great in that, too. Um, okay, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, Steve. Let's go back to the... I loved it, though. I loved how they're like, okay, we need to have really good clothes so we can go to this ball. And why did they think they would be able to get in without an invitation? But, I mean, there was just a general sign-up. So do you think that was the easy... I just feel like that time period, you would have to have a specific invitation. Yeah, they wrangled their way around that somehow. You know, yeah. They did do something. Do you remember what it was, Steve? I thought, oh, he just had a carriage because they arrived in a carriage. Oh, that's it. That was yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yep. Otherwise, they couldn't. They, they had to they look like walk. they had money. Right. right. They couldn't just right. walk up. That was it. So I guess if you just looked the part, much like, and <laughs> yeah. it's said often, if you look like you know exactly what you're doing and where you're going, nobody questions you. Exactly. If you wear the right mask. Oh, he brought it around. Yes, he did. You know, I meant, I was thinking when we were discussing the previous episode, when they were in the tent and Cassie was wearing her morning uh, regalia and how she wore a mask. I'm like, mask, she's wearing a mask of death. Oh, it all leads, it does all come full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, from a psychological point of view, personas and masks and what you project and what people perceive. Speaking of masks. Yeah, pay attention. I pay. Yeah, <laughs> good job. Yes. When they're in there, they're looking for the, what was it, the Red Death? The Mask of Red yes. Death, yeah. Yes. Story. I was looking all over for him. Like, <laughs> yeah. witness, I, mean, I wasn't paying attention to the dialogue. Like, where's the witness? <laughs> and it, I don't think we ever saw him. I was going to say, do you think he was there and they just didn't focus on him? He was there. Yeah, I, I like to believe he was there. Yeah, I think and he was And I was too. looking for him. But I didn't see him. I don't think they even showed him. They might have teased him somewhere in the background, but you have to watch it ten times to figure out who it is. <laughs> frame by right. frame. Oh. By yes. frame. <laughs> who does who does that? Oh, there's yeah. people that do that. Come on. Yes, there are. <laughs> but apparently not right. One. Apparently they are not the only ones that figured out where to go. No, thanks yeah. to Olivia. Yeah. Ugh, Olivia. Anyway. So yes. So we have Deacon, who's just all pissy. Hannah, who's just a spitfire. And look at it. it's Jonesy looking so without a right, looking so crazy with the like pomp. What I don't know how do they call that hair like all pompadour or something? It was like crazy, like yeah. all big and she was scary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she, she needed a mask. Her, her face was a mask, one of anger and disappointment. Oh, uh, like uh, I felt uh, bad for them. Here. I did too. But they had help. <laughs> by the way, Deacon looked like a pirate. He did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their help. When they they were all caught, was Jennifer coming in with the mask and everybody's looking. I loved it how everybody turns and looks like, oh God, he's here and he's walking right up to us. Yeah, yeah. And everybody kind of froze, like, what do we do? And I felt like, you know, if nothing else, Hannah would have acted because nothing's supposed to surprise her. Right. But yeah, they're all like, yeah. pick up your jaws off the floor, people. She never mask out. She didn't have her mask on. She was out of her comfort zone. Okay. Yeah. That you know what? The fact <laughs> that you say ball. that, yeah, that's probably true. Since you already said what her mask actually is. Yeah. Yes. And of course, 
Jennifer got to do her distraction dance again. <laughs> I love it. This is the part where you run. Yeah, Jennifer. I know. That's great. And then that just becomes a theme in the next couple episodes or like throughout this, this season. This is the part where you run. And what did she have? Like Roman candles, like firing them off. And yeah. there's like, okay, that whole place is going to go up like a matchstick. It's just going to be like burned down. But apparently it didn't happen. Things were pretty flammable back then. I think. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I'm thinking not a, the greatest idea, but you know what? Whatever works. So yeah, our guys go running off to try to figure out what they're going to do and find the witness or Sebastian and Deacon's all like big bad wolf Pirate-y. going like room to room. I'm coming for you. Where are you? It's like, okay, really stop. Stop announcing yourself if you want to catch them surprised. Yeah. Not that I wanted that to happen, but it's like, okay, shut up, Deacon. I was just getting mad. He should have said, what would Jack Sparrow do? <laughs> have some rum and be done with it. It's fine. Yeah. Let's talk a minute because, you know, they get outside. They they find Sebastian. They're like, here, we can help. And Sebastian's like, no, this is the end of my line. I really think this is why he, he left me and he's here, but I don't know. Find him. He's not bad. Which I'm like, okay, you've been with him. <laughs> yes, you raised him. But you've seen him starting to get irritated. But I think that was just because he didn't, you know, have Sebastian didn't want to bring him back to the future. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just at this point, I'm thinking he's been gone from you for 20 years. You have no idea what's going on. Can you be sure? Yeah. What he's done. Yeah. I mean, how much traveling he's done in 20 years, what he's seen, what he's learned, what he's become. Can you still be sure he's good? I don't think so. Right. He had faith in him, just like uh, Cassie has faith in her son. Uh, Is that too corny? Is that too corny? No, I'm you? just like, <laughs> I am such a pessimist, apparently. I'm just like, ugh. You are. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm so not like a girly girl, I guess, because when you have the super goopy, like, oh, I love you forever. Ugh, really? Stop. So <laughs> I kind of had the same thing happening with the, sh- with the show. I'm like, why does everybody believe he's so good? Why does everybody believe this? I don't. Well, the show has changed. It went from the characters servicing the plot to the plot being wrapping around the characters now. It's all about right. the characters. Before, it was just the, it was crazy, 12 monkeys, you know, it was their own take on it. And we got to know the characters. Now, it all revolves around the characters. And it's almost, the plot is like secondary now, or the, the original storyline, I should say. So that's why I'm so, like, yeah. Oh, you don't like that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It happens to a lot of shows. Either works or it doesn't work. I think it's working here. But I, right. Well, the fact is, I like the show, but I'm just like, oh, he's not good. Don't believe it. That's At I least not thinking, yet. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I'm going to out myself on this, and people are going to go roll their eyes, but I used to watch Allie McBeal, <laughs> and that was a show that was procedural, and it took place in a law firm in law courts, and it was crazy cases with uh, was like crazy people around. And then the show eventually morphed into the crazy people and the cases were in the background. And for that show, it didn't work. I think for this show, it does work. Right. Okay, I will stop poo-pooing on the ideas. <laughs> well, we're almost there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Deacon kills Sebastian and that is enough of a chance for Cole and Cassie to get away. And, of course, then we finally get to see the Red Mask of Death. <laughs> and what a reveal that was. Just a simple mask, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
We finally see the face of the witness. He looks familiar. Oh, does he? Very. Does James Callis <laughs> look Where familiar? That guy before? James Callis, I know you. <laughs> what are you doing Altar! here? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? So much Battlestar Galactica. Another sci-fi show. Yay, sci-fi. I know you don't like, but whatever. I do. I poo-poo on your idea, too. Anyway, <laughs> did you like him coming out as the witness? Oh, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was time. It left at the end. I thought, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. <laughs> right, yeah. Talked to him, like, oh, here we go. But they yeah, left it to it's the very good. end. Yeah, it's going to get very interesting real quick. We got two episodes to go, and this thing could go anywhere. Right. Just because the way he played his character in Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> you had no clue what was coming. You couldn't figure it out, you know, because you could say, it's going to go this way, but with Baltar, it's also going that way. And <laughs> he was way. craven. Baltar was pretty a craven character, too. A genius, right. Mm-hmm. But no hero. No. Oh, jeez. It it was great. So. I, I liked him. But we'll talk about that as we go to the next episode that Steve will talk about. That's right. Episode 9. Thief. Colin Rayleigh finally learned the heartbreaking life story of the man who calls himself the witness. Or does he? (laughs) Or everyone calls him that. (laughs) Right, who everyone calls the witness, not necessarily himself. Well, I mean, Cole and Cassie were not anywhere, in my opinion, near the front of this episode. Oh, no, no. So they're kind of learning everything secondhand because they get information about going to the house. And there's all these books. And I'm thinking, okay, he's a collector of books. But it turns out that's not what that is. No. They're his journals, which was kind of crazy that there's so many of these everywhere. And it reminded me, again, I'm going to go back to Doctor Who, when we have me, mm-hmm. and like all the journals that she has everywhere. Right. And it's like, okay, don't you think that if all of those had existed, or for any length of time, that the Army of the Twelve Monkeys would have had it and looked at it? No, all they need is a map. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it <laughs> seems like. witness. We don't know damn books. <laughs> well, like you said, everything was really flammable back then, so maybe uh, everything yeah. went up at some point. You ever see the classic movie uh, Time Machine, one from the 50s anyway? The guy goes, yeah, what's the actor's name? Look up the actor. <laughs> he goes, don't you have books? And the guy goes, books? Yes, we have books. He takes one of the books, and he opens up, and he goes, wonderful. And he grabs the books, and he just vaporizes into dust. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know what? I didn't think about that, because that would have been... But they've kept everything else, so I don't know. It's weird. Again. All right. Steve, because you know I'm going to bounce around too much, why don't you take us into Ethan's story here? Right. You know me too much. His uh, splinter vest stopped working in 1891, and he happened to visit a jeweler to have a piece remade. Can I stop you for a second? Sure. When it breaks. That's a great comic moment. Yes. <laughs> he goes, he goes, you know, he gives it the old eye roll. What do you say? Well, that's inconvenient or unfortunate or whatever he said. Yeah, <laughs> that's rather unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. And I go, James Callis, you still got it. Yeah. <laughs> and he started to humanize him so quickly. I'm like, where are we going now? Right. Well, yeah, because at first, you know, when when he's talking, he's like, oh, you're going to, this one's going to die. Like, showing all the women he's with, like, heart attack, robbery. That It's like, wow, seems very clinical. <laughs> and so uh, I, I did like the fact that finally he's like, ah, okay, 
<laughs> this was this sucks. You know, that's basically what it was. Right. Yeah, it was great to see him stuck. Go ahead, Steve. I didn't mean to. And of course, while he's in the uh, jeweler, a thief comes in wearing a very familiar-looking mask, the one from the witness room. Yep. And robs the jeweler, and of course, also makes off with the piece that Ethan needed a new one of. Hell of it. Take everything except this. Damn it. Right. <laughs> to catch a thief. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ethan is not going to give up trying to track this thief down, which he does, and finds out that this person is Eliza and is a doctor just trying to get medicine for her patient. Living saint. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was really nice to show that, and, and I know nice is a weird word for this, that he wasn't going to be kind of a jerk about everything. He was very suave. Yeah. And he's like, just give me that piece. Here, take more, whatever, do what you got to do. But he wasn't trying to bust her either, like have the police come and do anything. But I think he was more surprised that he couldn't figure her out, like what's happening to her. Yeah, he was intrigued by her and vice versa, eventually. Mm -hmm. Yes, just took a while. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. (laughs) He's the greatest evil of the show. And, uh, of course, she doubted him, and it took up a while to a while to warm up to him, which he did. In fact, uh, you could say the thief stole his heart. Right. Uh, <laughs> I knew you'd love that one. <laughs> I think I just see my brain on that eye roll. Breathe more sugar. <laughs> Get in the cavity. Who though? I thought thief. I get it. She stole his heart. Oh my god, he's so human now. It's again the season let us down a path we didn't even know we were walking on. Right. Because you know, at first as he's trying to get that piece back from her and and she's really just saying i'm too busy to deal with you just go on i don't have time for this yeah another man go go away man right i yeah i'm not having anything to do with a man then she gets the staph infection mm-hmm. and wakes up in his bedroom with all kinds of wrong ideas <laughs> i was surprised she was so calm about it you know when he's like oh i basically knocked you out so you can heal and she's like and did you have your way with me like not upset just like oh great did this happen i was like wow okay she's i guess progressive for her time like she wasn't gonna be hysterical she reminded me a lot of vanessa from penny dreadful had it very together Mm, okay didn't you watch penny dreadful no got to see just like a couple episodes but now it's on Uh netflix i think so i can watch it good great show Sorry, Steve. And, of course, they go through this nice little courtship, so we actually do see that Ethan is human and not completely possessed by his supposedly becoming the witness, yes. And, of course, the scene in the restaurant was absolutely fantastic. Okay, I got a question for you about that scene. They focused on, but not exactly focused on, the person who was sitting behind him. Oh. Oh, oh, the man that looked like very weird. Like, did you guys catch that? Like, it just felt very uh, yeah. like gonna pull off my mask and. Right. <laughs> okay, what was that about? Oh, that's uh, that was Terry Metallic. Shut up! Was it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Kind of something like Peter Jackson's cameo in the oh the first movie from Lord of the right. Rings. He showed up right in the middle. He burps on the screen. He had a big beard and mustache. He walks up to the 
the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got his similarly <laughs> your suit, and he's got all the, the mustache and glasses. And I wouldn't have recognized him if I didn't see it on the internet. Here's his big cameo. Right. Uh, th- thanks again, internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for spoiling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't have known. Yeah, that just, I was like, what is that? It, it just seemed strange to me. So, okay, thank you for pointing that out. Again, Steve, I'm yeah. sorry. You know, I jump in because squirrel in my head, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, obviously, he's showing how much money he has, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Safe, the money is guy, no. Uh, did you think that guy was taking him. advantage of him? The watchmaker or whatever oh, he was, the tinkerer. And you knew something had to be going on. Come on. Yeah. I, I was caught. Uh, dumbstruck yeah. on that too. What? He's playing him? What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first first time or two, I was just thinking, okay, he just has crappy material. And then because this yeah. is seem- seeming to have been an ongoing thing, I'm like, all right, this guy just wants money. Right. Yeah. After the third one, you had to get a little suspicious. Another thief. Yes. <laughs> now, of course, we do get Ethan telling Eliza about meeting his father. And thinking that he was a killer. And of course he, he meets Cole. Scabbing. What, about 2040 or something maybe? You know, just a few years before Jones finds him. Yeah. And yeah, he's just Nasty trying to survive. Yeah. Did he kill those people? I think, I think so, so, yeah. I, I don't think oh, they yeah, officially so said it, but yeah, I think that was what they were implying. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's a killer. And he does nothing to disprove it. Right. Well, of course, I don't know if Ethan really spent enough time in that time period to realize that it's survival out there. Kill or be killed. I think it just had another brick in the wall, too. Right. Contributed to his mindset. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely, Steve, that he doesn't know everything that's going on right there. Right. It's and then, someone- of course, we get the scene where Eliza has to go back to the hospital to look in on her patients, and she is jumped by criminals. Actually, one probably wasn't really a criminal, but because she had used his name in one or had robbed him, she was getting back at her. Okay, there's getting mm-hmm. back, and then there's going overboard. Nobody steals from this guy, apparently. Yeah, well, I still think the guy went a little like, oh, I'm going to go... Way above and beyond here. He was the scab of his time. Right. So he solved problems. Or the deacon of that time. <laughs> yeah, street justice. There you go. Now, obviously, we know she dies. And we right. know that Ethan is very distraught. And this is when he puts up a fight with the jeweler. It's like, basically, it's like, if you don't fix this, I'm going to hurt you really bad. But Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, where'd you get that gun? I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> Well, so he, he gets it fixed and he goes back and he keeps trying to change everything that's happened with Eliza. And apparently it's over 600 times. Like they gave a very specific number, which I thought was like 607. Was it? Okay. Yep. I'm like, okay, that's really specific, but no matter what, it can't change. And again, this made me think of other movies. Like you think you had said it, Dave, about Time Machine. You can't right. go back yeah. and change the specific event that puts your your piece into play, basically. Right. Well, I really, like like really the doctor struggle. says, there's some fixed points in time. And it's always yeah. the same day, no matter what he does, right? Right. 
I really struggle with it though because for a, a show that changes stuff all the time, <laughs> right? Fixing things. This guy couldn't fix that one thing, and I'm like, what? Of course he can. Everyone's fixing stuff. But if they say what's what's true, is that fixed point that I guess you can't? That's the out. You can't change the fixed point. But I I really struggle with that. I kind of knitted my eyebrows together and went, what? That's <laughs> like <laughs> so you're the witness, dude. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. you would think he would have been able to go far enough in the future. To... Yeah, it, it really bothered me. She was fated to die. There's right. Nothing you could do and change it, but everyone's always fixing stuff on that show. But I don't think they've ever well, and stopped the... somebody from dying who was supposed to, again, lead everything, mm-hmm. like, the domino effect. Yeah, and it was a well, staph infection that actually got her. It wasn't... He was able to save her from the, the criminals who originally had slit her throat but gave her the it, wrong medication right they cut what was it? right this embolism or- the deep vein thrombosis right yeah killed her so yeah one thing leading to the other and it's just it builds and nothing i mean the only thing i think which it was it was probably done off screen in the 607 times was him going back mm-hmm. a little further in time trying to find her and fix it but i mean at what point could he go back to make sure that this wouldn't happen and I don't think it it would have worked. Working Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, but I mean theoretically that that took over like two millennia. So yeah, yeah. So? <laughs> I don't think at, at some point he's just like I'm pissed. This isn't working. And that's when he goes to see Cassie. And that's right after right. she loses her very first patient ever. Right. So he picks the absolute worst times. To go see his mother and father. Right, when they're both, I think, at their lowest point. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Vulnerable, yeah. And it's like, oh, well, obviously you have made my point. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is because they're Time pissed. does not always win. Oh, I was just mad. Okay, go to Jennifer before I get more mad. <laughs> Pouting. Well, she keeps drawing and drawing and drawing and has her... Cage covered in drawings. Of course, Jones comes ask for help, but Jennifer tells her, nope, it's the end of the story. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we get our orphan black scene of the uh, season when um, she sees 2046 and 2016 Jennifer and has a little discussion with them. They tell her to listen to the voices. Hmm. Oh, does that help? Maybe, maybe not. We don't think it does, because she seems to be losing her her mind. Right, because she bangs her head against the floor, and that was exactly her plan all along. Yes. Well played. Because Deacon actually ends up being kind of Mr. Nice Guy here, and he's like, listen, where where do you want to go? This is done. We're done with this. We're done keeping her in a cage. I just want to go for it. And he's like, okay. And all sweet and putting her into the machine, which just seemed kind of weird. And then when she looks and she's like, you know, winks at him. And he's like, son of a bitch. (laughs) Like a fox. (laughs) I thought that was great. And, well, I think this ends up helping, right? Oh, absolutely. She She had to be there. She needed to be. Yeah. She got where she needed to be. Seems to be a trend. For the final episode. Entitled The Witness. Actually, it's just entitled Witness. In the explosive season three finale, every imaginable threat descends upon Rayleigh and Cole. With Titan looming and ally fighting ally, The Witness finds himself on the threshold of destiny. 
<laughs> that sounded dramatic, so didn't Vader. it? <laughs> yeah. Destiny. I am your destiny. <laughs> All right. So, Jennifer, this was great. Because she kept, she kept re, re, like, visioning this mausoleum. So I love that two kids are sneaking in, and I'm thinking, okay, is this supposed to be her as a younger kid? You know, right. talking about, there's a witch that lives here. And then it's like, it's like, you know, something out of the grudge. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Okay, so this isn't supposed to be Jennifer younger because of the time frame. And, yeah, she walks out, and the kids are like, ah, they're like, oh, it's just a homeless lady. Just a squatter. Yeah, a bag lady. She's like, and she throws them a bunch of like candy and snacks and like, oh, okay, you know, you're cool. Let's eat. Don't take candy from strange people, kids. Not the no, good in thing. A mausoleum. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although they were there for a reason too, because when the lights start flashing and the man shows up that she's supposed to save, that she finally figures out, you know, where she needed to be. She has the kids go and call for help. So that's a good thing. It worked it out. Worked out great. Even though she said it's taken her a really long time to find that moment. Right. Yeah. I don't remember how many years. It wasn't six hundred and seven. No. This <laughs> oh my gosh. So I will jump all over again. So Steve, because of how crazy everything was and how everything is interacted, who do you want to talk about next? After Hogwarts. With you. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, I feel like well, I'm spoiling things. we've got to start things. with Colin Cassie. I mean, they've got their own vest now, and they're popping around trying to catch Ethan. And finally, they get smart. They sink their vest to his, so they're able to follow him through wherever he jumps. So we get a great cat and mouse chase. Aiden gets to drop on him by setting Cassie's vest to self-destruct, but they're still able to uh, disable his vest, which was probably some of the most intelligence we've seen from Cole in the entire series. He's showed some real smarts in this whole cat and mouse chase game, I thought. Well, I think they like... Looks to like he picked up a few oh, things over time. Yeah. Finally. yeah. <laughs> About time. I think he tripped up Ethan, too, because Ethan thinks that he let Cassie die. And I think at that moment, you know, even though it was just a moment that reinforces in Ethan's mind what Cole is, even though like the right. next moment we see, ha ha, wrong. Cassie lives. So I love that they, they take him and they're like, listen, your vest doesn't work. We're taking you back. You're not like a prisoner. You're our son, even though at this point he's older than them. Right. Right. <laughs> Again, weird timey wimey. This this one does a lot to mess with your head and timelines. And did they age him as an actor? Do you think they aged him with the makeup and the rest? Because I looked at him finally and I thought, huh, doesn't look as good. What happened? So I guess right. I guess you're right. I think they did. So he would be older than them. Yeah, that's why I'm like it's it's weird because I think we had said Cassie was slightly older too at this point. I think it's hmm. what we talked about. I don't know. I get really confused right. with the timelines with this. But yeah, going back to episode one, when we do see future Cole talking to present Cole, and when present Cole goes back, we see Cassie come out, and Twitter yeah. blew up thinking that she was much, much older, and I didn't see anything except some a streak of gray hair. Yeah, so. that, that's why I'm like, all right, this just gets a little confusing. Let me say this. 
Before it's slightly explained in this episode, I was kind of irritated about Cole actually telling Ethan where they were. Right. You know, because they, they end up grabbing him and going back, and, and they go back to 1959, the home of Cedar and Pine. Why do you think that they told him? I mean, yeah, where are we? When are we? And I just felt like, okay, Cassie and Cole at this point have both drank the red tea, and they know what what happens and how they see things. Why would they even tell him? Right. Well, that's well, what, I, you said yeah, that's when, they, when they were a family. This is the last. This this is the place when we were all together. Isn't that what uh, Cole said to him? Well, he said it was Robin's like right family. after. Yeah, right after we left. And I just found out we were, we were pregnant. So I was just so irritated with it. I don't know. I don't know why it's these little things. Like, why are you telling him? Lie and say it's like 1962. You know, because, <laughs> but it's like they never lie to him. They want him to trust him. But that's a bad move because then, right. oh, hey, what's that sound? We have people outside ready to kill us all and and then we have a different sound. It's freaking Titan coming in. It's like, we are so screwed. <laughs> Maybe had you told them 1962, nothing would have happened. But we can't do that because it's a freaking time travel show and everything has to fall into place. I thought it was great excitement, though. I mean, there's like three factions. Yeah. <laughs> there's the family faction, the Titan faction that we learn even more about. And then there's, of the course, the Jones's, Jones's army. There and it was pretty exciting. It was like a small movie. It was. And it's yeah. a great great set piece. Although can I say I'm like the grandfather clock that we have seen in the, the witness room, the fact that mm-hmm. there was a shotgun inside. I'm yeah. like, yes. That's a Dad. Right. I'm like, hmm. No, I need a grandfather clock and a shotgun. Just so I can always have something in the grandfather clock. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's not weird at all, Sean. Sounds like cold to right? me. Right. Yep. Absolutely. But somehow, and please explain this to me, because of everything happening, they're attacked from both sides, yada, yada, blah, blah. Somehow, Ethan is like, you know, sees his parents and they're like, save yourself. And, and suddenly, this is what he needs to not become crazy mass murderer? Well, it helped that someone stole his heart and proved he had one in the previous episode. Yeah. He just needed to hear it from the people that he didn't think respected him or he respected. He had the different. You know, he had those, he had the scab father and the, the failed doctor and he's, he didn't have that much faith in them. And then all he did was instill him with faith at that point. And I, you know, he's like the Grinch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grew a heart. Okay. Womp womp. Well, well, they only have so much that's time. True. You know, you got to fit stuff yeah, and, yeah. and make it work. And, and there's, there's a lot of themes of family in this show too. Uh, there's the witnesses family. There's Olivia and her family. And there's the Jones and the future family. They got together. So I think they were just trying to reinforce that theme of family and how much it should mean to, to the witness. That's finally convinced Right. No, no, I get it. I <laughs> get it. Anyway, well, like we said, you know, Jones and the team is there. But they didn't all come at the same time, it seems. But when they no. finally all show up, they're shooting, like I said, at the family. We'll have to just call them the family for now. And then Titan shows up, and then they're like, we'll shoot them. They're shooting at us. We'll shoot back. Very comical at this point. And Jones does manage to shoot Ethan, but as he's splintering. But I don't think she knows she shot Ethan. And Ethan ends up going back, and lo and behold, that's who Jennifer had saved. That was who she kept seeing, but she could never see his face. And 
she thought it was Sebastian, which I was thinking it was Sebastian earlier. And, well, it wasn't. So she saves them. And we have, and this I think was one of the best things, we have um, another Jennifer, like, flashback, flash forward kind of thing, which we can talk about in a second. Because, like I said, he splinters back and, and it ends up being to Eliza's grave mausoleum her statue, however you want yeah, to put it. Yeah, that's where she was buried. Yeah, she was buried. Yeah. And I just, I thought it was great. I It was great. Because it's like, oh, okay, you're tying that up. I get that. Right. Yeah. But the... Fo- he followed his heart. <laughs> but that flash forward <laughs> thing, and that, that was like all Jennifer. Like, okay, listen. It's kind of like she was breaking the fourth wall. Like, all right, we need to fast forward so everybody knows where we are here. And she's just like, okay, just keep going forward. Nope. Don't don't linger here. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Now you know. Yeah. Now it's time. But look. I felt bad. <laughs> I felt badly they had to separate, become friends, choose a, a new mentor for him, and he had missed Sebastian. Well, I thought right. it was interesting that he's like, you're you're gonna be better than me, like saying that to her right. specifically. So now, of course, the wheels are turning for next season. Is it going to be mostly Jennifer doing all sorts of crazy things? Count on it. <laughs> she did have some great moments in this past oh, season. She, yes, she killed it. She did kill it. And what was that one episode where Olivia did her Jennifer? Oh, that was yeah, that, that was, was great, hilarious. That was hilarious. And that was all Allison down. They didn't have to dub anything. Yeah, that's that hilarious. Great. So seriously, Hannah gets splintered back to the future by Jones because as Titan shows up. You know, she's trying to save her daughter, so she shoots her with the little injectable thing, and off Hannah goes. Kind of ticked, because she's like, don't yes. come back for me. What happens when you tell somebody that? Come on. They're going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. See you next season, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Jones, Cassie, and Cole are all taken by Titan people. And this part kind of ticked me off, because it's Malik, and Cassie's like, but I found him, I, and and he's still, I don't know what's going on. And he's like, I just wanted you to see him, and I wasn't trying to have you save him. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> we just wanted you to find him. And it was all so they can get his hand, their hands on him. And that just, like, oh, right. I wanted to punch Malik right in the face. Yeah, another long con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought. One of the many long cons. <laughs> yeah. So they take him, and oh, it's the pallid man, but who's behind them because the pallid man goes down in a, a lump of well dead body now <laughs> <laughs> and this is where things start getting really weird because it wasn't already weird enough for us right yeah we have a hooded figure because of course cole and cassie and jones are thinking oh it's got to be the witness mm, not so much no let's take away the mask and who is it Apparently, the person who's been the true witness all along, Olivia. But Olivia didn't seem to have known this until she had the last vision, drinking the red tea, where she gets the location from Ethan and turned around, seeing the witness with the plague mask, and the plague mask is removed, and it's Olivia. So, again, how messed up is that? (laughs) Awesomely messed up. Yes. Even she she was shocked. I didn't do any of that. Oh, you will. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, I mean, they played that so well because you don't see it at first. You just see Olivia's reaction. You go, 
Holy crap. That was really close to the vest because I had no idea that's how this was going. Right. Well, I had an inkling because I saw the, the teaser for season four. I'm like, no, I'm sure that's not it. <laughs> yeah, I, I seriously, no idea. I was surprised. So that was awesome. But in comes another witness. It's like, okay, how many witnesses are showing up at this point? And it's like, I'm the true witness and I'm killing everybody, shooting everyone. But we see yeah. that, yes, it With is. With his little friends. Say hello to right? my little friends. <laughs> we see that it's Ethan. So apparently Jennifer was a good influence. So. Indeed. Yes. She was. And he say run? Yeah. This, well, yeah, because I think he says, this is where you run or, yeah. yeah. It's like Jennifer. This is the distraction. Jennifer fireworks. He had his own fireworks. Again, they come around to another Yes. Point. Closing that little thing. And, uh, Deacon and Hannah end up rescuing our, our people as they are getting away from Titan. Which, again, I'm like, you knew Hannah was coming back. Come on. It had to happen, right? Because you got the raccoon, got the raccoon right. eyes on. Yep. Go for speed. But Ethan sacrifices himself for his mother. But is he truly gone? Is he truly yeah. gone? Uh, seemed pretty final to me, even though you don't get to see it. That's why I'm like, <laughs> yeah. anything off camera... You never trust it. I know. You don't see your body on TV. Never trust it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the final scene I thought was kind of interesting because I did not realize it was young Cole, but it's a flashback to young Cole and his father reading a book. And there's a note in there from his mother or written by his mother anyway. So like you guys said, you think it's going to come back to his mom. Yeah. She's going to have to play a, a part somehow. I mean, she wrote right. that, whatever it was, a poem about a, a snake that, what, chases itself or chases yeah, some tail yeah, or itself, it, which is... There, yeah, there once was a serpent who only traveled one direction, okay. always forward, never backward, until one day the serpent came upon a demon. So is the mother the serpent? Is she going to confront the demon? Olivia better not be the, the mother. Oh, no. God. <laughs> well, when they left... Uh, the witness and Jennifer, when they pulled back from all the drawings, they were they, they were surrounded. All the drawings were contained in a circle, and the circle was the uh, the snake, you know, eating its own right, tail. eating its tail. Yes, we saw Jennifer drawing that several times. Yeah, that'll play a part next year. Who's the serpent? Maybe that'll be the nickname, the serpent. <laughs> My mother's a serpent. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I don't want to even speculate anymore. So I think we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> This has been a long, crazy journey this season that happened in a very short time. So I couldn't even really yeah. process it, right? So let yeah. us just say thank you for listening for us, to us this season. We really do hope you're you're enjoying this. If you can rate and review us on iTunes and any other platform you find us on, good ratings help other fans of the show find us. We Please tell other friends. Tell the, your friends about the show. Make them watch this and, you know, let them get all crazy into the time stream as well. Yeah, drama. <laughs> of the snake. <laughs> so, you know, you guys, the word we the love hearing from you. So always, w, or, I'm sorry, uh, fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. But you can always find all of our contacts, so our Facebook and Twitter, on www.fangirlzone.com. And Dave, would you like to tell people where they can find your blog? Sure, you can just Google Interdimensional Dave and you'll find it right away. That's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> seriously i'm on uh google blog and uh if you just enter in interdimensional day it will pop up oh well awesome and it has a lot of good stuff on a lot of great shows yes. so definitely check that out 
Where to come? And did we finally get your uh, tin hat theory completed? Oh no, it's definitely a work in progress. Going about okay. the witness, we're gonna have to. Ba- I'm gonna have to backtrack on that and take a look at all the witness pictures, and I have quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that gives all the listeners even more reason to check out Dave's blog, so you can finally find out what his tin hat theory really is <laughs> and if it's ever it. coming to a close we'll see all right well for this episode of fangirl zone i'm sean fangirl s and i'm steve fate's a real bitch that way rarely puts you up at the ritz <laughs> <laughs> and until next time <laughs>